Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're talking coffee. I can't even wait for you to meet the folks from Green Pod Coffee Packing, Julie and Gary Kratzer, are here. It's so great to have both of you together uh, on an early morning. I appreciate you guys being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having us this morning. And Gary? <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I need a coffee refill. Yeah, we're, we're happy to be here. That's he so funny. One at a time, very literally. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure you're both there. Um, it's so great to have you guys on. Um, obviously, a booming sector in the beverage industry. We're talking coffee today. We're going to talk about an interesting angle on it that GreenPod is focused on. Um, and we're going to get there in just a few moments. So let's do this first before uh, we get to the company. How about it, Julie and Gary? Why don't you guys both share a little bit about your background? How did you guys get into this? Um, did you know the industry? You know, uh, Let's talk about what you were doing before launching GreenPod. Yeah, so I was actually previously in education, and then we started a family, and I wanted to work from home. So that's kind of how the coffee business started. We were coffee roasting while Gary was working his other job, but his background did kind of go in the direction of GreenPod. Yeah, so my background's in mechanical engineering and business, and I spent about 15 years doing new product development, business development you know, launching businesses and uh, products and in, in different industries. So just, um, I've always had a natural eye, especially my former job of just looking for new spaces, new opportunities, and just finding ways that uh, there's, there's, you know, finding opportunities in the market that we could fill. Sure. And this, this ended up being one of those such opportunities. That's yeah, it was sort of a right place, right time kind of thing. You know, we were in coffee and that was fun. But then when we <laughs> came across this compostable technology for the pods and we saw a huge gap in the market for small batch roasters like we had become to get into the coffee pods. And with Gary's you know, product background, it was sort of the perfect fit for us to launch this new product. Love it. So, um, yeah, most people are familiar with pods, right? When you make coffee, you put a pot in, it's got water, you close it, and then you throw the pot away. It becomes usually not recyclable, and it just fills up the... Um, it, it, it fills up the trash, right? And so, and, and here you've got an idea. Um, and, and one of the things I thought was really cool as you launched this is you guys looked at recycling... Um, or actually reusing uh, single-use cups. And then also you found this new technology. So talk about just kind of your your thinking around launching this. And you're already in coffee then at that point, but how did you decide and figure out the cup? Yeah, so I mean, part of it is, you know, when we got ready to do this, um, there's, there's two factors. One is just kind of the overall taste and flavor, but the other is uh, the compromise between ease of use for people that just wake up in the morning and want to brew something quick and then just uh, a sustainability effort. So um, reusing like the fill it yourself, um, little refillable pods, those those work well, but that does require an extra step. So the consumer is gonna have to, you know, have pre-ground coffee, 
fill up the reusable basket and brew that. So that doesn't quite hit on the ease of use aspect. Sure. And then clean uh, it out, which yep. they didn't want to do. <laughs> exactly. Cleaning it out is the problem. And then also they're using pre-ground coffee that started to be old and stale. So that kind of, you know, didn't really hit on all the points we were, we were trying to focus on. Uh, the other aspect with recycling is uh, it sounds good on the surface, but the reality is to recycle pods, you have to tear off the lid, pull out the filter, rinse it out, and separate out the components. Which no one's so, going to do. Exactly. On paper, it sounds good, but practically speaking, there's really no no uh, sustainable path to do that. And just recycling in general, um, for most products other than paper, isn't isn't economically feasible there's a lot of uh stories you can read about to where um a lot of the the recyclable waste that gets collected in mass uh often a lot of it has to get burned because or or landfill because people don't separate it properly and it just costs more money to sit to have somebody properly sort segregate materials and it's just not it's, it's not a sustainable path Got a it. lot of people don't realize you throw it in the recycle bin, but there's a good chance it's not going to make it all the way through the chain. Right. Yeah. I don't think many people think about what they throw in the recycle bin, quite frankly. Um, uh, I mean, and depending on the market and some, and some markets have got, it's moved away from recycling, which is really sad. Um, so got, you guys figured it out. So green pod coffee, just so you know, um, completely compostable coffee pod made with zero plastics packed for perfect extraction and freshness. So, okay. It's one thing to have an idea It's and to know something about coffee. It's another to actually make something like this, bring it to life and actually get it out to market. So what were the first steps that you had to take to investigate options around the cup? Well, so we were looking, you know, for this type of product and we ended up meeting a company out of Italy that actually had been in the packaging business for many, many years and had lots of patents. And they were working on sustainable products. They had gotten a grant from the EU specifically to develop something to get rid of the single-use plastic around coffee pods. And when we met them, they had just come out with their version number two of this patented technology. And version two had the right improvements to market towards specialty coffee. They were able to put a lot more coffee into this design than your average pod. So that got your water to coffee ratio correct. And the way that the pod is made, we're able to put fresh coffee in. So when we met them and talked to them, they learned about Gary's background and what we wanted to do for the small batch roaster. They actually made us a smaller version. It's an R&D machine to them where typically these machines are, you know, Costco giant size machines, container loads of coffee. So it was just the perfect combination for them to let us do this with a smaller machine so that we could be accessible to other small businesses. Yeah. I mean, it was a a win-win for them because, you know, launching the the first machine, um, you know, there's a learning curve. They have to figure out, you know, how it's going to function, how it's going to work. Uh, we've made several several improvements since we got started. So uh, a lot of the, the materials we're using in this pod, they're brand new. Uh, even the material manufacturers that make the raw, raw materials, they don't fully understand how they're being used in the machine. Um, so that's a lot of new new art that goes into making these these pods. So uh, you know with with ECA, the manufacturer, 
you know, they're learning how to make their machines better and how to, to make it run more reliably. We're learning how to, uh, you know, how to make our customers' coffee taste the best. Um, the fact that this machine is small, we can focus on small batches sure. and small batches also means it's fresh, right? Because people aren't having to hold on to coffee for years and years and years and <laughs> stockpile a thousand pounds to do a run. We're able to do a very quick turnaround to a customer so that they get pods that are fresh and the, you know, ultimately the end user gets something that tastes better. Got it. Now, um, share with our audience who your customers are. And did you have any at first or like, what did that look like as you were developing the product? Yeah. So when we were coffee roasting, we had um, obviously some smaller customer base. We were kind of in the suburbs of the big city and we were introducing a lot of people to specialty coffee for the first time. Um, they wanted this product. But then when we launched and we started offering it also as a service, our customer became the other small batch roaster. Um, they were who we had started out to be, you know, a small family-owned business most of the time where sometimes these people are still working two jobs, like the way we started, all the way up to a larger coffee company that just wants to have a pod that tastes good. Got because it. even if they had the volume to go into those larger machines, there was never a pod that was worthy enough for the specialty coffee. There wasn't anything that would brew something worth putting that nicer coffee inside. So kind of have a wide range of customer size now. Yeah. And I, I think the other, the other piece, when we get back to, uh, you know, how we got started and looking for opportunities in the market, um, we found out that, you know, there's this, uh, like in most industries, the concept co-packing to where Absolutely. having machines to make the product, um, you know, it doesn't make sense for everybody to invest in a machine because there's not enough volume in any one place to fill it up. Sure. So, sure. so we, we went into the path of buying this machine in order to co-pack. Um, but you have to have customers to package for, right. Right. Which is the, the other, the other side of this, we literally went into it with no business, but a good idea. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, luckily, I guess, and unluckily our machine was, was delayed a while being uh, built arrived because of COVID. So we basically spent, uh, you know, months doing research, internet trolling, you know, finding potential customers out there and just making as many contacts as we could ahead of time. So once the machine came in, we could, uh, we could hit the ground running. Um, you know, we had, we were supposed to have a trade show in, uh, I guess, April of 2021. Yeah. And, uh, it got delayed till October. Um, so it, it's only been a few months now that we've had the uh, the benefit of a of a good industry trade show where we were able to debut uh, our business, sure. and we, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of new customers coming out of that. They don't know we exist yet. I mean, it is <laughs> right. like the first time this has been offered. So letting them know that we're here and that it it really is compostable and it really is better. Like the trade show was where we needed to be so that sure. we could be in front of them and hand them a sample. So 
yeah, that was a little, that was tough watching those go away. That was I'm the sure. plan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I think for a lot of people, especially small business trying to, in the food shows, the beverage shows, like, you know, all, all, all across, wow. I mean, even the markets for uh, other consumer products, I mean, now they're getting back going, which has been so, such a great thing. Um, so, and so these other, these roasters, I'll call them, will, will they send you product and then you fill or do you provide the cup and they fill? How does that work? So generally, um, the idea would be a roaster would send us their already roasted whole bean coffee. Got it. But since we are a roasting facility too, we found that there's actually a a big market for just private labeling these. So Gary can roast the coffee for them. Um, Some people choose that option just to save time or save shipping. So there's kind of a variety of ways, but the way we envisioned in the start was we'd be receiving a lot of roasters, whole bean coffee, and just putting it into the pods for them. Yeah. So for them, you know, their their blend, their roast, their coffee is is kind of their their special right. You know, their their secret sauce, right? Totally. So they want to be able to offer customers the same the same roast, the same product, just in a different uh, different brewing method or different different form. So for that reason. You know, the small roasters would be sending us their roasted coffee. Got it. Um, so in, now things are moving again. You've obviously got some customers. Um, what's the key to growth? Like in the next six to 12 months, how do you get the word out and, and whatnot? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we've, you know, one of, one of the things about being a small business and, uh, you know, family owned, um, you, you kind of get forced to be an expert in everything. And, you right. know, we've quickly learned that yeah, there's a, uh, there's like a, a right and a wrong way to do Google and, you know, internet searches and customer totally. communications stuff like that. So, you know, we, we've teamed up with some very helpful, helpful people. Uh, Julie, I don't even know what she does. She just does her, her <laughs> computer magic and, and finds, you know, finds ways to get us out there. But I think just being advertised in the right place, showing up on Google searches, um, a lot of leads are coming to us. Trade shows are, are huge. Um, just exhibiting in a show, you kind of get instant credibility. Sure. Um, sure. We, we have, uh, you know, trade specific um, publications. Uh, so for us, such as Roast Magazine, advertising in that uh, gets a lot of attention. So we've kind of turned the corner to where I think the first six to nine months, we were chasing leads. Sure. And I say sure. probably since about October, November, you know, we, we have more leads. It, it's more of a of a customer push than a pull from us to where the leads are kind of coming in a little more automatic. We're doing less scrapping and they're finding us, you know, right. finally. That's and wonderful. I think the trade show was the turning point. For yeah. sure. And the other the other thing is when you when you're doing a consumer sell, you know, you're always trying to keep that consumer. But when it comes from to co-packing and we have, you know, the right product, the right quality, you know, each customer is recurring business. So every time we pick up a new customer, we're just making the pipeline more and more full for the future. Got it. Um, I always love to ask co-founders how they divide up the work. Do you guys have specific things you're best at or do you both wear all hats? What does that look like? We do completely different things. <laughs> That's what so, I figured, but I, I at least want to offer. <laughs> yeah. The reason it works is because we're very, very different people. So he is the math person, you know, he's <laughs> engineering. He does everything with numbers and machinery. Right. 
And I'm on the other side of that with the advertising, creative, everything that's online, the websites, you know, a lot of customer facing stuff. So it ends up that we're in completely different lanes and we just can check in with each other about, you know, that we're going in the same direction. We're working towards the same goal, but we're doing very, very different things. Yeah, And it's not even that we just like step back and trust each other. We literally don't know enough about what the other one does <laughs> to even offer any kind of checks and balances. No, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. Um, that's great. So, and, and how do you feel? So you guys are early days. Um, and, has there been a point where you're like, okay, I actually think we got something here. You know what I mean? What feedback from customers or any specific customer? Like what, what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, definitely people are super psyched about it once they taste it. Um, I don't want to bad mouth the pod too much, but specialty coffee in general has stayed away from it for a lot of reasons, not just environmentally, but you know, as I touched on the point that there wasn't enough coffee in there previously and so forth. So, you know, we had a lot of naysayers that we kind of had to go up against that bad rap that the pod already had. Sure. So it's been super fun to see these people that think there's no way you're going to get a good cup of coffee out of that ever have them try it and watch them go, oh my gosh, this is amazing. We'll have them blind taste test a cup from the pod versus a cup brewed their favorite way. And they often cannot choose, choose their favorite. So that's been really, really great. So knowing that we have something that is awesome definitely has helped, especially in the early days when COVID was making us worried about how we were going to get out there. We're very confident that the product is good and the customers are really happy about it. Makes sense. Um, thank you. I, th- I think that's that's awesome. Um, last but not least, I always love to ask our guests to share some piece of advice or things they've learned or, or coaching to others. We've got a lot of entrepreneurs that are listening and a lot of leaders that are listening. And um, curious to know what you would offer to them. I know you're still early days, but um, you guys have sh- certainly already had some good lessons learned. Uh, what would you have to share with our audience? Well, I would definitely say don't try to do everything on your own. Like I went into this, I'm a perfectionist type person. I have a hard time letting go of things and I like to learn new stuff. So I just learned this and I would learn that and I would go after it. But after a while, you quickly find out you do not have time to start from scratch and learn all of these things. You know, ask for help, ask your friends, put it out there, (laughs) find other businesses that can do what you need to do and can do it a lot better than you can. You know, when I started trying to make a video for one thing, I reached out to some friends. It's like, I think I need this kind of microphone and maybe this kind of light. And uh, (laughs) I got a lot of responses back like, no, you don't need, you don't need to do that. (laughs) Our friend, uh, our friend, Michael was telling us, he's like, you don't want to try to make something professional on your own. So sure enough, you know, <laughs> we let them come in, they did their thing and it was awesome. And I went, Oh my goodness, this would have been horrible if I right. tried to do this. My own. So wow. letting go a little bit, letting other people help you finding an expert that you need is well worth it. I love it. Over yeah. to you, Gary. Uh, 
Yeah, that's basically, you know, what, what I was going to say is there's there's things you're good at. Like, you know, there's things you do better than everyone else. And there's things that you can probably learn, but it's just not worth the time. And just kind of finding the, the people to help. And I think uh, networking is the biggest. Like once you kind of get this pool of people that you know you can lean on, and there's lots of people. You know, we have a real good friend, uh, Tal Thompson, that owns a, a business, the Art Factory, right on the road from us. She's been, you know, very instrumental in, in helping us kind of navigate some of the things. Just you know, even being uh, someone there just to to peer review uh, an idea. You know, uh, those those type of connections are just invaluable and help you help you move forward. I mean, I love that. Yeah, definitely. Finding partners is is good because they become like mentors to you, people that are a little further down the road. Even if you're not in the same business at all, there's so many things that cross over with every small business, and leaning on them for advice and support is just invaluable. It's awesome advice. Um, as we wrap up today, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, learn more about your product. Yeah, so um, we're at greenpodcoffeepacking.com. And that's where you can find all the information about the pod itself and the co-packing. And then for consumers that just want to try this out, they can also go to guideroastingcompany.com. That was business number one where we were (laughs) roasting coffee. So they just need it for home. They can check that out. If they want pods for their business or if they're a roaster, check out Green Pod Coffee Packing. Very, very cool. Julie and Gary, it's so great to have you on the podcast. We're, we look forward to staying in touch. Um, I know you've got a lot of runway in front of you as you grow the business and really get momentum going this year. And so I hope you'll come back on and share more stories with us. Yeah. All absolutely. right. Sounds great. Thank you. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.